0: For Market Foolery comes from Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, work with one that has your best interests in mind. Use Rocket Mortgage for a transparent, trustworthy home loan process that's completely online at quickenloans.com/slash Fool. It's Tuesday, January 17th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today for Million Dollar Portfolio, Jason Moser. Back, tanned, rested, maybe not rested, but a little bit of Definitely arrested. You were down south. We'll get, yeah. we'll get to your vacation. We'll get to your your jaunt down to Florida.
1: Well, I got to say, first and foremost, like I saw as we were poolside yesterday on, twi- <laughs> on Twitter, I was like, "Hey, markets closed, but we're not." Yes, man, you guys were in here yesterday, or was that just tape before? You know what? Does it
0: really matter? No, I guess it doesn't. <laughs> I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I shouldn't open the hood. How dare you? Uh, <laughs> Earnings season is starting to heat up. We're going to get into some of that. We've got a new CEO uh, at one of the toy makers. We'll get to that. Let's start with fourth quarter profits for United Health Group up nearly 60% and yet the stock down a little bit. I'm I'm assuming that part of the reason that the stock is not you know doing handsprings over this quarter is that for much of 2016, the stock was doing. I mean, this stock is up even with the slight drop we're seeing today. The stock's up 45 percent over the last year.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's it it's been a wonderful five, three, one year. Pretty much any timeline you want to look at, there. I mean, United Health has been a very, very uh, shrewd investment, and I think it's safe to say that. ACA or not, I think that you know United Health is going to be a pivotal part of the healthcare system for the for the foreseeable future. Um, its scale shows that it is a great advantage, especially in times of uncertainty. And I think right now qualifies as sort of a time of uncertainty. And it, it's really hard to it's really hard to argue why you wouldn't want to hold on to shares of this company because. You know right now we have a, I mean it was interesting to see you know United Healthcare actually I mean they had they had they lost members, right? I mean in sort of kicking those those quote unquote Obamacare exchanges off off of their grid so to speak, because they were essentially unprofitable. they couldn't afford them. Um, I think the market probably looked at that and said, well hey, I mean at the end of the day, economics rule. And and stuff either makes sense or it doesn't. And I mean, economically speaking, I mean, these it, it, just these exchanges weren't making sense for United Health. And I mean, it's it's actually very telling if it's not making sense for United Healthcare. Then I mean, it's going to be a really tough uh, go for probably any insurer out there because really, an insurance scale is a just a formidable advantage there. Um, so to me. It, I mean, we don't know, obviously, what is going to come of of any sort of changes to the to the system and into to the insurance uh, ramifications. There, I think that regardless, I think the United Healthcare is going to be okay. Um, it has a very good sort of one-two punch there in the United Healthcare side of the business, and then the Optum side of the business, which is more like healthcare services. So they're helping cover people, and they're helping sort of uh, healthcare operations uh, really run as, as effectively and efficiently as, as they can as well. You know, I mean, again, a time of uncertainty, yes, but uh, it's it's a big company, and I think that's why you probably don't see the stock pop so much one way or the other on, on quarters like these, even though it was still a good quarter. I uh, 2017 is certainly going to be a very interesting year for, for the healthcare system. In general, though,
0: and for United Health, they think it could be a two hundred billion dollar year. I I mean, it certainly could. I mean, (laughs) God, that's a gaudy number. It
1: is, and I mean, it's interesting to me. I mean, this is—I hate to dive too much into sort of the philosophy side of things or beyond sort of just the market dynamics. I mean, it's interesting to me that we have a healthcare system that's so bound by what seem to be very arbitrary rules and regulations. I mean, crossing state lines, for example. I mean, if you don't like that, well, hey, let's just make it so that insurance policies just can cross state lines. It seems pretty simple. You just just fix it. But, as we've seen through time, I mean, I, I think that the healthcare system here in this country is becoming more and more like the tax code. It's just extremely nebulous, very difficult to understand. One hand doesn't know what the other one's doing, and and unfortunately, it seems like they want to do more of that in order to try to fix it instead of simplifying it. It's adding more band aids, so to speak, and so I think it maybe it goes back to kind of the premise as to to how you view healthcare. But if this is something where profit is going to be a fundamental part of the system, and I think it's really hard to put the toothpaste back in that tube. I mean, I think it is going to be something guided by profits, um, then. I mean you're going to have to simplify it. You're going to have to add more choices and more competition to the system. And insurance is a tough business. Um, and scale makes a big difference there, but I mean you can see sort of the United Healthcare side of things where they can withstand sort of times of uncertainty like this. You go to the flip side of the coin there was something like AMN Healthcare Services, which is a staffing provider for hospitals, smaller company by every measure. I mean it's it's a small cap company under a $2 billion market cap. They I mean that that stock is certainly facing a bit a bit Tougher time right now because of the uncertainty there. In theory, you're going to have fewer insureds, potentially, um, which means less demand for healthcare services, which means less demand for staffing. And that directly affects something like AIM and healthcare. Um, So, to be be continued, I guess. But yeah, 2017 is going to be an interesting one.
0: It's interesting when you said, you know, you got to simplify it. That's much like taxes. I think that healthcare is one of those things that a lot of people would like to see more simplification, but there are always, you know, it's one of those things that you always have to keep in mind. There are always gonna be people and groups who are in favor of keeping things complicated. And and, yeah. and not not just to go outside of healthcare. You mentioned taxes. I mean if if taxes were really, really simplified I mean truly simplified so that almost anyone could do it well, then I guess there'd be no need to have accountants. (laughs) Which, if I'm an accountant and that's how I make my living, I'm not looking for the tax code to get simpler. Perhaps. Uh, Let's move on to some retail news. Holiday sales came in for Tiffany, and I think think we saw this one coming. Uh, Same-store sales for the company overall down 4%. And this is one of those businesses, and we've said this for years, that this is one of those businesses Uh, they're not alone in this regard. They've got a flagship store. And where is it? New York City. And where is it in New York City? It's right next to Trump Tower. Same-store sales at the flagship store down 14%. That, That alone drags down the overall number. And Tiffany Management not really pulling many punches when they came out with drawing a direct line between, here's how we did overall, and here's what happened. At our store, right next to Trump Tower, it's like kind I, of
1: like the weather, you know. I mean, is that are we? Is this going to be the new weather?
0: I, you know, in this case, it might be a four-year storm sure or an might. eight-year storm. I mean, I I I truly think that if you are a Tiffany shareholder, you need to think very carefully about, and and this is this is not a, this is not political. This is just sort of how it is. If the president elect. Decides he wants to spend lots of time in New York City at Trump Tower, which is absolutely his right to do. If he decides he wants to do that, that's absolutely going to have a continuing negative effect on that flagship store sales.
1: Yeah, and it reaches beyond just that one geographical location. I mean, I feel like. There's at least an argument to be to be made for. I mean, in these in these coming quarters, when when companies, you know, we talk about companies report their numbers, and we talk about maybe X currency effects or whatever. I mean, I think we probably need to talk about something ex Trump Twitter effects, <laughs> right? Because I mean, there are going to be those <laughs> sorts of one off effects. I mean, he just he says something, and and man, I tell you, what you like it or not, it's moving the market in some capacity. Um, I think. You know, this. I'm not going to get political on this. I mean, I think it's a shame that a lot of people are already sort of making the decision on how these next four years are going to turn out before we've even had a chance to let the four years turn out. I mean, I think regardless, he's our president. You got to give him a chance. I mean, that's just the way it is. So when I look at Tiffany, I think the real key here that management didn't revise their guidance. I mean, there's no real surprise there that right. they didn't. I mean, I don't think one store is going to make or break this company albeit you're right it is the flagship store and that's what they're known for uh, but I mean there is this is a great example of the power of a of a business with a, a strong global presence and a brand that really translates anywhere you know and I, and I think that is something they will continue to exploit uh, for the foreseeable future because they've done so well up to this point and there've been challenges in the americas business all year this isn't something like that's brand new i mean they they've been able to sort of help help that cause with with better performance elsewhere and and i think that uh with tiffany it's one that it's always going to be challenged by challenged consumer spending because it is sort of an aspirational brand. It costs money to buy those Tiffany items. They're not going to they're not going to forego the pricing because that really is how they help protect that brand, so to speak. And so when I look at the stock, I mean, I like the stock. I like the business. I think it's a wonderful company. I think it's one that you have to sort of understand how the valuations work though it's not one of those stocks I think that you want to buy and just hold indefinitely you need to find it when the business is really challenged understand sort of how the valuations playing out there um, and be ready to sort of cut bait when the the optimism is really seemingly baked into the share price I think a lot of optimism is baked in the share price so far I mean it's it's had a great year and if you bought shares a year ago then you're sitting on 25 26 percent gain something like that um, so when I, I look at the stock today, I just don't see it as something where you want to consider buying it, um, even though it seems like maybe there's some pessimism out there. I don't think it's it's all that doom and gloom. I mean, a lot of this is already kind of baked into their share price, and and I don't think that, uh, and, and I don't think that any Trump effect is going to be. It's not going to permanently impair this business. It, it may. It may make the next four or eight years somewhat volatile, Chris. But
0: but I don't think it's going to permanently impair the business. I I don't think it will either. And and you're absolutely right about about the brand, and certainly the historic performance of the company and the way it's been run. But I do think that, unlike, and we've said this before, that whatever stock you own, just go ahead and expect right now that at some point in the next four years, there's going to be a stock in your portfolio the Donald Trump will tweet about and your stock will take a hit and that's the odds are that's going to happen
1: or it or it could or it could jump. go the other way yeah i mean either way i mean that's just it though i think don't take each with a grain of salt don't don't right be too overly glum if, if it takes a hit and don't be too overly elated if if it
0: feels a pop because those inevitably wear off but i think the one business that actually um is Slightly negatively affected is this one because of where it's where the flagship store is located, because of we were talking before about healthcare. There are a lot of assumptions about what's going to happen to the healthcare system and therefore healthcare stocks. Same with the banks. A lot of optimism about what's going to happen to the banks. But We've been living in Washington, D.C. long enough to know that what they do over across the Potomac River, you know, it doesn't always go according to plan. I think in this case, the only question is it's not, well, is he going to spend time at Trump Tower? No, he is. (laughs) The question is, how much time is he going to spend? Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, but I mean, I I agree with you. I mean, it certainly.
1: Certainly asks a lot of questions. And I mean, I I guess you could see maybe a flip side is that it's going to be a lot of free press there, probably, in the the mention of the name and just the mention of the subject. I I don't know. I mean, again, I mean, I think, yeah, I I could see it going both ways. But either way, I don't think it fundamentally impairs the business. And again, if for some reason you see um, some tail ones come of it, I mean, that would even be more reason for me to stay on
0: the sideline
1: in regard to the stock.
0: Alright, before we get to our next story, I've got to say a word about Rocket Mortgage. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, work with someone you can trust and has your best interests in mind. And With Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. Here's the thing, if, if, you, if you have a mortgage, you know how much paperwork is involved. If you have never gotten a mortgage before, just know that it's, I mean, it's the most paperwork you're going to go through.
1: Yeah, and it's not the most transparent industry either. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you can make the argument that it's very untransparent, and I would make that argument.
0: With Rocket Mortgage, you can adjust the length and the rate of your loan in real time to make sure you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, with a hell of a lot less paperwork, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. So skip the bank, skip the waiting, go completely online at quickenloans.com slash fool. Equal housing lender, licensed in all fifty states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number thirty thirty. Mattel is getting a new CEO, and shares of the Toy Maker are up four percent this morning. Mattel's new CEO is Margot G. I knew how to pronounce this. I swear I practiced this this morning. Margot uh, Georgidis? Let's, let's just go with that. I apologize, Margot. Uh, she is replacing Christopher Sinclair, who is the chairman and CEO of uh, Mattel. Uh, Sinclair will remain as chairman. Uh, here's her resume. I wonder if it's Georgiatis. Georgiatis, thank you. Margot Georgiatis, thank you. Um, here's her resume. Here's someone I'd never heard of, clearly, until this morning. Uh, she was a partner at Ms. McKinsey Consulting. She was the executive vice president of card products and chief marketing officer at Discover Financial. Um, and she's spent the last five plus years working at a little company we like to call Google.
1: Alphabet, <laughs> Google. Yeah. You uh, say tomato. Where I say she tomato. was one of the what? leading
0: executives there. Um, I totally understand the enthusiasm for this new CEO, um, not just for her resume and her track record of success, but also for uh, and this is not a knock on him, but just sort of the last couple of years um under Christopher Sinclair as CEO yeah, they, they just I, haven't been that great.
1: no, they haven't <laughs> and I mean Mattel has been a very challenged business, I think for a number of years on a number of fronts. I mean we've read a lot about cultural problems that they've they've had within the company um and that certainly goes straight to leadership um and and I mean they've they've obviously Had a lot of challenges just on the actual business front. I mean, letting licensing go—that that that was more or less cash in the bank there with Disney and Frozen and and princesses and all that good stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, Mattel, Hasbro, these businesses are ultimately deal makers. I mean, they need they need they need leadership that can build a, a great business internally, and then they need leadership that can astutely recognize successful properties outside and figure out ways to hitch their wagon to those stars I mean it's so simple Chris I could probably do it <laughs> but I'm gonna let I'm gonna let miss Georgia Georgia artist do it and and um, the Mattel shareholders yes are grateful <laughs> you know I listen I don't pretend to say this is an easy call but I I applaud this move on so many fronts. Number 1, I think it's just wonderful to see yet another woman in the CEO seat. I think we need more women CEOs, not less. Um, What's going to be interesting to me is, is this going to be a Marissa Meyer situation, where she's going into a pretty well-established business with very uh, obvious challenges, and just isn't able to really turn the tide? Or, is it going to be like a Mary Dillon thing? Um, who went to Alta, Alta and yeah. really i mean executed a phenomenal turnaround there and and has been successful on every front um I, who knows really i mean it, it it is one though i think where it really is about identifying a lot of that great ip out there and then figuring out ways to cut profitable deals for the company to be able to participate in the success of of all of that great stuff that's out there i mean that stuff is already out there it's just it's just about Smart leadership figuring out ways to be a part of that success. And I mean, Mattel is a very good business. It's got a wonderful global footprint, biggest toy maker out there. Um, they just don't have the most compelling, the most compelling sort of line of products out there or properties, really. I think Barbie is, just, eh, you know, it's it's. I think it's kind of losing some of its luster. So, if these guys can hook up with businesses like Disney, I mean, Universal. More to a degree, there. I think there are all sorts of opportunities. It's just about getting proactive leadership out there that can really develop good, long-lasting relationships and just exploit a lot of that great content that's already out there.
0: Well, I think part of the enthusiasm is is the breadth of her experience. That she's not just someone who has demonstrated she can execute on the product side. She's got the marketing experience as well. Yeah. She she seems very much like someone who sees the whole chessboard, and I think that's why. And also. You know, if if Bill Barker were sitting here, he would point out that um, she's got a, a great situation in that she has an easy act to follow. I mean, she does. I mean, I mean you'll, that's, you, and that's
1: you, not a slight either. No, I mean, it just, not, it's just a fact.
0: It's not a slight, <laughs> but it, but it is one of those. Th- I mean, I, I was looking this up. You know, look at the reaction to the stock today, up four um, percent. Two years ago. Mattel abruptly fires their CEO, a guy named Brian Stockton. Chris Sinclair is the chairman he He steps in as interim CEO. Three months after that, they make him permanent CEO, and on that news, shares of Mattel fall to their lowest point <laughs> in four years. so it, you know. Then
1: they hit him with the hind right there. I mean, <laughs> that was just. But uh, <laughs> I think I mean, you, when you talk about a business that has some serious culture issues, you're bringing in a an executive here who has been part of a business that it is, I, I think, for most would argue, has been on the forefront of leading sort of cultural um, change. In companies here, over over this over this past decade and beyond. So, I mean, I think that she's going to go in there with a lot of fresh, forward thinking perspective that this company sorely needs. And I mean, it's it's going to be a matter of giving her the time. And that's, I guess, the big question is how much time is appropriate to determine whether she is succeeding or not. Uh, Typically, I think when you talk about bringing a new leader in here who's got obvious challenges in a business that's been having a tough go of it. I mean, it takes a year really for them to be able in there and to get in there and kind of get established and sort of lay out the framework and the plan and the strategy. So, you know, I think this next year will be we'll get a lot of of understanding as to how she leads, and then uh, you know, after that, I think you got to see the results start coming.
0: Right, and this is as you said, this Mattel is a business that is challenged. Mattel is not a business that is on its last legs. No, this no, no. is not a we need you to turn this around immediately." So, I mean, they should be giving her a, a minimum of two years, and, and probably at least three, to sort of execute on whatever her vision is.
1: Yeah, and given the the sort of secular challenges that toy makers are facing, is kind of going from the physical to more the digital. Well, she seems to have a pretty good background
0: <laughs> on the digital, so let's give her a shot. Alright, before we get out of here, over the weekend, you and your family go down to Florida, you're at Universal Studios. Yes, Santa. Gave the gift. Nice, it was. Um, in addition to whatever fun you had, I I know you didn't shut off your investing brain. So no, I'm always. You know, it's <laughs> funny. I
1: take these trips and I think about all of the opportunities there. And I mean, right from the get go, I said Santa bought the trip, but really, Chris, between me and you, it, it was me. I bought the <laughs> trip. You know, and and I'd like to say, uh, I mean, I mean, it was we, my wife and I, because it was basically levered to all of the spending that we've been doing through our household. And so, investment idea number one. And I've been pretty hard on these guys, but American Express, I paid for the entire trip with American Express points trip. Nice. I mean, Chris, I just didn't. Uh, I, I I went from like the plane tickets, the park tickets. You know, all we had to do was cover the hotel, and that was pretty easy. Now, to my next idea, I found the hotel and I booked the hotel. On, of course, TripAdvisor, Trip which is why I called you Trip and not Chris because I was thinking <laughs> of the ticker Trip. Um, you know, TripAdvisor is a stock that had a horrible 2016. I'm optimistic about instant booking and what it's doing. I've used the product a couple of times now, it's been wonderful. And I found the hotel via TripAdvisor in the Cabana Bay Resort right there on Universal Studios lot. It was ideal. Um, Getting to and from the airport, these guys aren't public yet, but I mean, of course, Uber is just simplifying public transportation in every capacity. My biggest problem with this one is, at some point when it does go public, it's probably going to be at such an absurd valuation that it's going to be almost impossible yeah. to like do well with the stock because there are so many great expectations already baked in. But if it's a company that goes public, and I think it probably will at some point, um, it's definitely going to be a business that we examine thoroughly, because there are a lot of great qualities there. Um, and then Universal itself, I mean, that's part of Comcast. And, and I mean, I think they've done a lot of great things there with Universal, and talking about like exploiting a lot of great content and properties, they've done a wonderful job with it. Um, the big go-to for us was Harry Potter and the Wizarding World there, which was a lot of fun. And, you know, it's amazing when you take your kids to those parks, <laughs> all rationality just ceases to exist. <laughs> And you're gonna pay for whatever, so I mean it's like those parks and those hotels have to bring in more money in a year than a lot of countries in this world. Um, so just yeah, you look around those places and you think about all of these opportunities, and there are a lot of companies out there that are that are uh, that are a part of a lot of success.
0: Good time. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Monty Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. It. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.